through 2020, as the world tried to grapple with a crisis that had no precedent for this generation, there was a role in our corporate structures that grew in stature and responsibility, a person that the management looked towards to ascertain and quantify the challenges that companies would have to grapple with and deliver a roadmap towards sustained progress. A CRO, a chief risk officer, now had to take stock of nearly every facet of the business to manage enterprise risk and mitigate it and enhance organizational productivity. Within the digital realm, a CRO's task was definitely unenviable to be able to foresee social dynamics and threat actors and pilot a company to safety. Today in Tech Unbound, we are joined by Bharat Panchal, the Chief Risk Officer for India, Middle East and Africa markets at FIS, to discuss and talk about emerging trends in cyber threats and staying secure in uncertain times. Bharat, thanks for plugging into Business Insider's Tech Unbound. Thank you. Thank you, Ashwin. Bharat, uncertainty peaked in 2020 as nearly every industry tried to make sense of what was happening. Now, as a CRO, how did this complicate designing risk maps or strategy plans when you knew that the target was moving? Well, as a risk officer or a risk professional, it is our job to you know ascertain uh, various uh, threat and challenges uh, may come forward in our way of business, what we are doing. And uh, there's a pretty uh, established model. But what happened in 2020 was something phenomenal and uh, unprecedented because uh, you know, when it comes to a business, we always, uh, you know, worry about uh, uh, how soon we can identify the risk and how soon we can eliminate or mitigate those risks. And if we cannot, then what are the plan B in place? Whereas in 2020, uh, certain uh, things were well predicted, but um, they kind of uh, impact what it has caused to the business because of the pandemic. Uh, it was really, uh, you know, unparalleled and therefore it made... Uh, the life were a little complicated to make sure that, uh, you know, in uh, this uh, pandemic time, uh, we run our businesses without impacting much to our employees, uh, without impacting to our customers and all. And, uh, you know, what uh, importantly, uh, uh, you know, if I had to mention about the complexity or a challenge to a risk officer, we, we generally think about uh, business continuity to make sure that in case of any disasters or any kind of major calamity, we, we run our uh, operations from alternative locations. So generally, we always uh, try to uh, have, uh, you know, city-to-city disaster recovery. Let's say, for example, if Mumbai is shut down, then at least we can run from Chennai or Delhi. Uh, later, it was uh, thought of, okay, uh, if something goes wrong in entire country, how we can uh, enable the businesses from different countries like uh, uh, primary data center in Mumbai, whereas we can have secondary from Singapore. So if something goes wrong in India or Singapore, vice versa, we can we can run our businesses. But nobody thought of uh, having complete shutdown of the world. And that was, uh, that was the, one of the biggest critical uh, or complexity it, it created. The second complexity what it has created for us that, you know, uh, work from home was uh, never ever thought of, and that to a large extent, because uh, whenever we design our systems, uh, of course, we, we have a provision of uh, 5 to 10% people may work from remotely because of I mean, emergency or some critical support may require for people. Uh, so systems were designed uh, so far to cater only 5 uh, to 7% people, but here it was completely different, whereas uh, in my, my company, uh, you know, worldwide, 96, 97% people were working from home. And to bring everybody uh, in the similar line in terms of security controls, the bandwidth, the access, uh, monitoring and all, that was a mammoth task. And that, that, that uh, was the, one of the complex uh, 
you know incident or uh, issue what uh, uh, we as a risk officer has to manage uh, in this pandemic time you know it's often said that the weakest link in the security armor is insider threats now with work from home taking center stage how has this issue been complicated further well uh, i think the insider threat need to be expanded uh, in in post covid arena and how i will just explain to you that you know uh, inside the threat is not new new uh, definition it was there and uh, you know uh, roughly around uh, uh, 25 to 30% of crime uh, or cyber attack often happen uh, with the help of insiders so they, they they are the people those who are doing intentionally unintentionally or you know uh, by mistake or something like that so those attack originate from inside whereas in in current scenario as i said earlier that 96 97% people were working from home now uh, when when we we work in control environment where uh, the dedicated network dedicated area in which people need to sit and work that was you know extended to your home now a uh, person sitting at home or person sitting in office still he is inside because the person has complete access what he used to have in office the same access this person is having at home now in in this changed uh, 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 environment uh, the device what you are using in office it is uh, uh, that that device is fully controlled because uh, there are certain controls uh, already established uh, patch management is done it is not allowed to expose too much to the internet sometime uh, you know uh, those people are not allowed to have internet access at all at uh, when they are working in office now Uh, in the change time definitely the same network or same control cannot be extended at every household because now tens of thousand people are working from their houses the the fundamental issue is that the device because uh, uh, you know many people were not having their their office laptop at home because all of a sudden shutdown was declared and they were not able to uh, take uh, the devices at home so whatever devices they have their personal computer or desktop or sometimes people are working on mobile also but there are there are no standard controls like you know uh, antivirus or the patch management or limitation of access of internet those controls were not there and that that has increased the threat from inside because uh, you know uh, the other other issue is that the laptop one is using the same laptop is used for entire family because uh, because uh, uh you know uh the the kids has uh, uh, kids have their online classes so sometimes you have to share that laptop for online classes of kids and then you have to uh, sometimes take for that office work so you know that that is going into multiple hands so uh, because of that the insider threat has multifold um, uh, you know uh, in in uh, post corona time and one one important thing that the work from home uh, is uh, so people are saying that it is uh, new normal i think it is not new normal it is a normal and that is how we are working since last one year probably we may continue to 2021 so uh, therefore the overall insider threat and work from home has further added complexity in uh, the overall secure environment right and while technical safeguards are getting stronger social engineering still remains a big issue right how do you propose that we should approach minimizing risks here well uh, social engineering is uh, not uh, you know cannot be controlled fully by technology but uh, one must uh, accept that uh, social engineering plays larger role in terms of the cyber attack happen uh, in in especially in india because uh, i've seen people are giving up everything 
for no reason. And uh, in in my view, uh, probably 98% of uh, cyber attack, and based on one one survey recently I, I, I came across, 98% of cyber attack use social engineering, where uh, direct or indirect impact or you know origination of the attack itself is started with uh, social engineering. Uh, for example, you know someone send an email, uh, just make uh, uh, make a, a kind of uh, claim that you have got. Uh, uh, one lakh rupees lottery, and you have to just click on this link and uh, put your data. So all these kind of uh, small, uh, small uh, greed uh, come in the picture, and people start sharing. Uh, and that does not come only through email, but uh, many times uh, you get SMS or uh, spamming campaign, or you know nowadays WhatsApp is very famous, and so people are sending lots of link on uh, WhatsApp, and people just end up clicking on that uh, that link or whatever. Uh, email has come and uh, they are asking for uh, sending money or uh, kind of uh, personal data and eventually it trick uh, all these trick are used to redirect you to make payment to the producer and uh, you know uh, eventually uh, uh, sometimes if, if it is a very targeted attack or like a planned attack then it can it can end up into ransomware where entire your data would be encrypted and unless until you pay something to this guy you may not in position to uh, take your data back and many time uh, uh, you know uh, those who are not in position to pay ransomware then you have to end up uh, losing all your uh, vital information uh, but that is a large corporate but when it comes to uh, you know, kind of uh, common man. We are we are witness to see a lot of uh, you know phone calls coming. Your KYC expired. Your card is going to be locked. In that case, what happened? That you know, uh, out of fear or out of greed, people are giving up everything without validating the person who is calling from uh, so-called the bank, whether the person is really from the bank or somebody else. Because uh, when somebody someone say that your card is going to be blocked. That's a fear, and uh, but largely, uh, uh, and that's my personal experience. That seventy percent of fraud. I'm talking about the small uh, ticket fraud happen in our country. Seventy percent of fraud happen out of greed, where uh, someone is is lured to uh, give some bonus point or some uh, cash award or some gift or something like that. And people come into this uh, uh, social engineering trap, and they end up giving everything. And and eventually, if uh, let's say for example, if someone asks for your card number, expiry date, uh, uh, CVV, and on top of that, you ask for OTP also. Now, everything is given away to the fraudster. There's no technology which can safeguard you from uh, uh, such kind of fraud. And that's a, that's a very, uh, you know, kind of famous technique what is being used uh, from social media perspective uh, in our country. Bharat, a zero-trust approach has been seen as one way to secure a company, right? A trust, absolutely no one approach. Technically, I understand that this is simple to implement, but what are the fundamental roadblocks to the zero trust model's implementation? Well, uh, zero trust, in my view, uh, uh, technically it is feasible, practically possible. But the biggest roadblock probably, if I, I have to mention that, it is a mindset. The mindset is uh, in two parts. One, uh, we were not able to achieve this uh, zero trust because some or other way we have to trust our people. That, that's a fundamental issue. The second issue is about, you know, we believe in a hierarchical culture uh, in our country where, um, you know, just because by by my virtue of my position, I I need to have uh, these privileges. Now, when it comes to privileges from uh, the uh, uh, office culture and work environment, that 
those privileges are different like one has a cabin one has you know uh, someone who come and uh, a bellboy or something like so that privileges are different than the privileges what someone require in technology right and we we are not able to break that uh, you know barrier that way uh, you uh, you may be a ceo you may be md but you you do not require access to the database and that's a, that's where we are you know a uh, little bit uh, 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 facing trouble where uh, we can't break the uh, barrier. The second thing is about, uh, you know, kind of technology, what we are using. Uh, we believe that, uh, you know, it may not be so reliable in our network uh, when it comes to uh, zero trust. But in my view, zero trust is, is a model where uh, we'll, eventually we have to land up because uh, in today's time, uh, as I said earlier, the insider threat is equally uh, big uh, as uh, what we say the outsider threat. And uh, until unless you control your zero, uh, you, uh, uh, you control your access, uh, you control your privileges management, uh, zero trust uh, may not be viable. But look at uh, the scenario where a zero trust model is built uh, in your culture. Then in that case, it will restrict only need to have and uh, you know uh, purpose to have that access. And that can bring all, all of the windows close because uh, even a smallest window in today's uh, technology world can bring down all your environment. So, uh, you know, uh, when 10 people are given access, leave it to one, pers one person and that person is also continuously monitored or, you know, his password are split into two people or uh, log monitoring happening or video recording of whatever activity one, uh, one person is doing. If that is continuously monitored, that can, you know, con uh, uh, bring a lot of focus on the access and uh, all kind of other windows which are open for uh, some work, what, what, whatever work is assigned to that fellow, that can restrict, uh, you know, uh, unwanted activities or unwanted people to come and, and enter into that area. And therefore, this zero trust model, in my view, is the most practical in today's world because, uh, you know, technology is available. Only thing is, if a mindset is changed, then it is fully viable. Bharat, you know, one of the things that we've seen is a huge surge in the AAS model of operations, you know, system as a service, infrastructure as a service, and the cloud has delivered a kind of a new blueprint for the future. And it makes sense. Uh, what kind of operational risks should smaller companies be cognizant of as they re-engineering operations and position themselves in a more cloud-first scenario? Well, uh, as you as you mentioned that uh, you know many many companies are moving towards uh, cloud and that's a need of our because you know the kind of expansion required for technology overnight, which is not possible uh, in, uh, in when it's a shortages of. Um, uh, hardware, software, and manpower to have that. And uh, in that case, the cloud uh, is really a, a good uh, technology to be adopted. However, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, risk and uh, security challenges, uh, one need to, uh, you know, when it, when it, uh, uh, clouds is adopted, uh, what benefit it gives first, of course, um, uh, the cloud delivery, uh, Cloud-based delivery does not require too much of security control on its own because it is made a part and parcel of whatever offering what cloud cloud companies are providing. Uh, another uh, point is like uh, operational tools and um, uh, long LAN connection and uh, kind of um, many other things uh, do not require. Uh, migrating to uh, the data center and um, software as a service, which we call SaaS, 
that uh, that helps a lot to minimize uh, the person to person interaction while ensuring the enterprise safety but uh, you know the, when it comes to uh, security and uh, again uh, risk uh, control uh, one need to have uh, a really uh, robust data uh, and the security assessment risk assessment because uh, you know uh, while yes as i said uh, moving into cloud is easy adaptable uh, thing but uh, it has its own inherited risk and uh, you know uh, the another challenge may come about uh, the, the data uh, localization or the compliance requirement from uh, you know the regulator because some of the regulations are so that uh, you are not supposed to move data outside of country and uh, kind of uh, regulation in which uh, the compliance become little critical so i i personally believe that uh, adopting cloud yes uh, that can help a lot to the business but uh, risk based assessment must be carried out before one uh, one can adopt uh, the cloud based technology and well budget is around the corner now looking at how 2020 has been and the importance of the digital domain what kind of considerations do you wish that the government would accommodate in the in the budget well uh, i think this budget uh, uh, definitely going to be uh, very interesting in terms of uh, enablement uh, enablement of the technology because uh, uh, while uh, uh, the last one year we all have struggled a lot uh, uh, with all the uh, corona warriors or whatever great thing uh, done by the medical and the paramedical staff across the country one must understand that uh, the great role is played by the technology as well because uh, while uh, the whole country was shut uh the bank did not stop functioning the uh, hospitals technology did not stop functioning so that has played a vital role for to sustain the economy uh, in today's time therefore uh, you know the technology plays major role and uh, i believe the government has taken a cognizance of that role played by the uh, the technology warriors and uh, one of the important point uh, what uh, prime minister honorable prime, prime minister has uh, last week announced about 100 crore uh, seed funds for startup to provide acceleration in making india movement so i believe uh, there would be a lot of support come from the government in terms of the uh, budgetary uh, uh, planning uh, i believe uh, with uh, increase uh, uses of technology in uh, be it in administration be it in business be it in household uh, you know probably depends in depth in the uh, cyber space for the country is very much warranted at this moment and uh, uh, obviously that cannot be fulfilled unless uh, stronger support come from uh, from the government so i believe uh, in uh, in uh, upcoming budget uh, Uh, while uh, the uh, national cyber security policy is under revision and most likely to uh, be announced uh, very soon uh, in line of the, that uh, policy there is a definite uh, definite uh, uh, view from my side that uh, there, there are possibility that there will be a special provision to strengthen the cyber space uh, in our country especially uh, to the critical infrastructure and uh, the businesses because uh, currently uh, the uh, the borderless crime which is uh, cyber crime is at at is at, at, at peak uh, uh, in terms of uh, disturbing uh, the economy disturbing to the businesses and all that uh, in that case uh, you know uh, government uh, might uh, support uh, with uh, some budgetary sanction uh, data privacy is uh, one of the uh, topmost issue and um, i believe that uh, the the a uh, budget may have some or other provision uh, to ensure that uh, the data privacy act is uh, enacted and uh, 
implemented with uh, uh, you know the financial support uh, from the government and that's a wrap on this edition of tech unbound bharat chatting with you has been a delight and it's fascinating to know the sheer scope of what you need to manage at fis as the chief risk officer with the spotlight on digital growing bigger i can only imagine how much challenging and interesting your role will be thanks for joining in thank you very much ashwin thanks a lot And well, before I take your leave, we come to the part of the show where the next podcast begins. Now we are always keen to hear what you are thinking. So tweet us a line on Twitter at bi India. That's a single word, bi India. That's the Twitter handle. And a big thank you to Business Insider's editorial teams for their continual support. Sound engineering by Gokul Abhishek and Hedi Shah for product conceptualization. And Tech and Bound was produced and voiced by me, Ashwin Raghunath. Till the next episode, take care and stay safe.